This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. It is time to chat with our friend Luke DeCock of the News and Observer at Luke DeCock on Twitter. All right, let's not talk about Tez Walker. Let's talk about North Carolina versus Minnesota to start. Um, what did uh, what jumps out at you about their defense, Carolina's defense, from game one to game two, and does it need to be better in game three? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a work in progress, but I think we saw enough against South Carolina to know that it's going to be better than last year. I mean, obviously they didn't give up 50-something points to App State, so <laughs> that counts as progress too. But, yeah, I think generally speaking, it's, it's a defense that is, is not – putting them in a position to lose games, right, which last year it was. So last year you were asking the offense to do amazing things, and this year you're just asking the offense to be the offense. So I would expect continued improvement from that defense. Um, I, I think Minnesota is probably going to be a, a stiffer test for uh, players who haven't been as tested on the defense because it's going to be a more physical game. I think it's going to be more comparable to the Notre Dame game last year when the Irish kind of – uh, punched it down the Tar Heels' throats, and, and this is going to be a, a different kind of test that way. But by the same token, I, I don't look at Minnesota as a team that North Carolina should struggle to stop if this defense is as good as we think it can be and continues to improve from, from week one to week two. Who do you think's better, South Carolina or App State? Hmm. Well, I've been told by one of my colleagues that App State is the best football program in the state. So, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I understand the argument there, but um... uh, I know. I, no, I to, and to actually answer your question, I, I I can't say right now. I think there's a chance that South Carolina is absolutely terrible. Yes, uh, I agree. in which case the answer would be App State. <laughs> I also think there's a chance that South Carolina figures things out and has SEC talent and turns out to be okay. So. I'll, I'm going to punt on this one and say it's too soon to say, but I wouldn't rule out it being App State. I, I, my, my read is that at least on the offensive line, I think App State is better than South Carolina, which is part of the reason why I loved what North Carolina did defensively against the Gamecocks was that you couldn't run on them. App State looked like they could run on North Carolina a little bit, so I'm a little bit concerned going into the game against the Golden Gophers that they'll just line it up and try to run it all day long, which um, North Carolina is going to have to stop. I, I don't think Minnesota is going to have a ton of success throwing the football. Uh, after the game against App, and I talked about this a little bit in the week, during the week, and I know I, I'm pretty sure Andrew Carter, uh, your colleague and our friend from the NNO, wrote about uh, these types of games. Mac Brown loves the games and then won't play them. Uh, he's he's done playing uh, playing the place he coached for a year. Uh, what are, what what's your takeaway on why these games are good or why they shouldn't happen from the perspective of the a school like North Carolina? Yeah, I mean, I think Matt's got it wrong here, and it's, it's a little weird to hear coming from the guy who invented the concept of the the state championship. Um, you know, you should want to play in-state teams and you should want to beat them and you shouldn't feel like the risk outweighs the reward. I mean, I think that says more about your program than it does anything. I, I just think these games are great, right? College football in the state is better when App State is good. It's better when ECU is good. It's better if and when Charlotte is good. I mean, I think you look at basketball, the ACC is better when teams like Georgia Tech and Wake Forest and Virginia are good because you need that complement to sort of the steady diet of, of Duke and NC and what and UNC and whatever. 
Um, I think that's true in football too. I mean, I think I think fans would much prefer you play App State and you play ECU uh, than you play Minnesota or you play Georgia State or you play Old Dominion. I mean, I, I just these games to me, if it's a game, it, it's what made college sports great in the first place that we're increasingly getting away from. I want my team to play the teams that my coworkers care about, right? So we go into the office. We argue about it, and maybe once in a while, App State or East Carolina wins, but that's the beauty of it. Uh, I, I, I think these games need to be played. I think they're good for everybody. Um, I get Mac's argument that his, his point is basically our program's at a state where we have nothing to gain from these games, but I just feel like if you're going to be playing Cal and Stanford and SMU and Boston College and Syracuse and in conference games, you need to put some non-conference games in there that remind you of what used to be conference games, which are games everyone cares about. So I hope State and I hope UNC will continue to play App State and ECU. I mean, I think eventually Charlotte will get to that level, and that'll be interesting too, especially for UNC with all the UNC alums in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. But it's, uh, it, it's, it's something to me that's good. Uh, it's worth whatever the trouble may be. And quite frankly, if you're UNC, you should feel like you're going to win that game anyway. The the way I look at it is, if you beat App, smart people recognize that App State plays good football. Smart people recognize that a win over the Mountaineers almost all the time, not all the time, but almost all the time, a win over the Mountaineers is a good win, something to be proud of. So when... People say, well, you know, Carolina beat App and they dropped three spots in the polls. First of all, it's week two. Who cares? Secondly, why are we trying to feed stupid? Don't play well, to the don't play to the dumb. Play to the smart. Yeah, here's the problem. Here's the problem with your argument. There are very few smart people in college football. <laughs> the college football makes people stupid. It's the Cam Newton of college sports. So I, I you're right. You're absolutely right. But you're playing to a very small audience. <laughs> well, okay. It's really hard to argue that, uh, and my uh, the proof of that is that nobody, zero people, have complained that Michigan and Georgia have two of the lamest schedules in college football, and they are one-two in the poll, and it will not hurt them a single bit. Georgia's top non-conference game is Georgia Tech, and Michigan's top non-conference game, I don't know, is it East Carolina? Is it UNLV? Yeah, Michigan's willing to play ECU. Yep, they are. Yeah, no, I'm with I'm with you, on that, but I, I, I just I just think, especially as we get away from good conference games, uh, the it puts more of an onus on schools just to keep people interested and entertained to play non-conference opponents people care about. Whether that's SEC teams in Charlotte, obviously thumbs up to that. Although I think neutral site games are in the end probably bad for fans, but. Still, it's a game people care about. Same's true of, of and look, how about your games against FCF teams? Why not play, you know, Elon or Western instead of some school from from a time zone away? Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with that. I'd love to see, and I've talked about this in basketball. I've said it out loud. Talked about it on the radio. I think the ACC, and this is not about local, I think the ACC should play road games at HBCUs. I think all the schools should do that. I'm, yeah, I mean, uh, an ACC MEAC football scheduling agreement uh, would be really cool. And I'll tell you, if you put UNC and NC Central to open the season in Charlotte, or UNC and NC A&T to open the season in Charlotte, not MEAC anymore, but still, right. uh, I think I think you'd do okay financially, let's put it that way. Oh my gosh, you would <laughs> you would absolutely kill it. By the way, did you, did you catch 
uh, Trey Oliver's comments about Vincent Brown at NCANT. Adam Golden studio with my man, Coach Pete DeRuta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. I was on your website, and I love the term financial termites because there are always things eating at your money that you can't see. So you don't want financial termites. Termites in the financial world are risk, fees, unnecessary commissions. All the bad things that we see and we hear about on TV are happening many times inside your portfolio you don't see. So you need a financial exterminator. Well, for the next 10 of you to call, we'll put together for you your very own total retirement plan at no cost. Call 888 0013 or text Adam to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. I did I did not. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, like Vincent Brown was throwing shade at Central after Central after losing. as right after, and as Trey told me after we put hands and feet all over him, it was awesome. Uh and the truth is is that you know when you know they're in a like, the colonial now whatever uh, not that they made that move for financial reasons. That's okay. Whatever you whatever you want to do, uh, but they left some of their culture, their you know their conference culture behind, like Maryland did when they went and they just took the money and play zero meaning. There's no big weeks in College Park. There's no rivalry week in College Park for any football game. There's zero rivalry. There's nobody circling Adam, the calendar. I know you're a Maryland guy. I know you're a Maryland guy. I think you're drastically selling short the appeal of Maryland Rutgers. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. <laughs> I, you know, the, the the one thing is, actually, Maryland Penn State. Maryland Penn State was a rivalry, but once they became conference opponents, I mean, they whatever. They, Penn State doesn't care. Uh, but it, they used to play every year in a, in a non-conference game. Maryland always lost, but they used to play every, every year in that. Uh, Duke Northwestern, I am fired up. For the Blue Devils going to three and zero, will College Game Day be here for Duke Notre Dame in Week Five? Don't know about that, but I do think this is a big game for Duke. Probably a bigger game than most people realize because you know with all the issues in Northwestern's program. This is a game now that everyone looks at Duke and says, "Oh well, you know, Duke's beat Northwestern, whatever it is, four or five times five in a row. row. Northwestern program in complete disarray." Um, they've got serious culture issues, obviously. Uh, you know, this is a game. Well, that's Duke. Of course Duke should win this game. Uh, this is the first time that Duke plays. And, look, Northwestern's not great, obviously, but there's still some talent there. Uh, this is the first time Duke plays a team that it is expected to win, that is capable of beating Duke, right? Lafayette's not capable of beating Duke right. unless there's a, you know, act of God or something. Uh, but but Northwestern is. There's, there's nothing that says Northwestern couldn't get to put it together and, and so I, I think it's a great test for Duke mm-hmm. and its sort of new mentality that, you know, are we the team we think we are? Can we take care of business against Northwestern uh, and, and you, know, uh, uh, you know, serve it up to the Wildcats the way that a team that believes it's a top 25 team should? And I think that's a great test because it's Duke, even as good as Duke has been last year and to start the season, they haven't been in that position a lot. It's a different feeling to be in that position. So I think that's a a great test for Duke, even if Northwestern doesn't exactly strike fear in anyone's heart. I think the the next two games are losable if Duke doesn't play well. The Blue Devils are an 18-and-a-half-point favorite over a Power 5 team. When was the last time you think Duke was nearly a 20-point favorite over a Power 5 team? I don't know the answer to that. It has to be uh, 1989. It might have happened, like, against the... 
Georgia Tech or someone like that in the Cutcliffe era. I wouldn't rule it out. If non-conference, yeah, you're probably right. I mean, an 18-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, all right, Luke, we are uh, what, uh, 10, 11 days away from uh, from the first preseason game for the Hurricanes. Uh, final question, yes or no? Brett Pesci will be on the roster opening night. Yes, I, I as, as you can read all about it in this weekend's paper, I had a long conversation with Don Waddell this morning. They're prepared to roll the dice and see what happens and worry about the consequences later. So Pesci, Shea, Turbo, all those guys, like Dundon said at the end of last year, we're going to run it back and see what happens, and they're going to put all their chips in the middle of the table and figure out the contract situation slash trade situation later. I love it. You're not getting closer to a Stanley Cup if Brett Pesci is not on the roster, unless you bring in some kind of like high-scoring number two center, uh, which I don't think is coming, and that's good. I want to see Brett Pesci on this team. And and, and to that point, Adam, you've now got a defense. When the Hurricanes signed Orlov and then nine other defensemen over the course of the (laughs) summer, it all seemed like preparation for a departure, but now you've got the deepest defense in the NHL, potentially the best blue line top to bottom. Obviously, they don't have that 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 really top-end Makar Fox talent at the top. But I think top to bottom, one to six, that's as strong a defense as there is in the league. You're putting yourself in a position where if Brett Pesci and Brady Shea walk away after the year and Turbo walks away after the year, you are still okay, and you've given yourself the best chance you have to win a Stanley Cup. Maybe your window closes for a year or two as you retool but I like the fact that they're going all in. There's none of this. We're not ready yet. We're yeah. not going to use the cap space. They are all in, and that, I think, is good to see. I love it. Luke DeCock of the NNL. We'll talk to you next week, my friend. All right, buddy. Take care. You got it. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.